Hey there, I have some time on my hands this week, today, and I decided to uh, go back to this recording and posting thing and give it a shot again, see how it works, how it looks, how it sounds. Anyway, uh, this year's been crazy, as you guys know, and last week's been crazy, this whole year's been crazy, like I said. But anyway, uh, I have some uh, thoughts I wanted to uh, share or just discuss, uh, get it off my uh, mind or whatever. Anyway, what I have in mind is, number one, the the game I saw last night, um, the Philadelphia Eagles hosting... The Seahawks and losing and uh, my thoughts on that situation being a Eagles guy you kind of want to know what I think so what I think uh, I mean it's pretty obvious that uh, Carson really never developed developed beyond a guy who's looking for his uh, deep threat read and and just try to kill you uh playing behind a really good offensive line um in that season when we won the super bowl we had the best offensive line and in the following seasons we had one of the best offensive lines in the game and he's used to buying a lot of time and he's used to dodging tackles and extending plays and just shooting for the moon kind of thing and He's gotten away with a lot of that, but we were hoping that he'd develop also into more of a, you know what, this this receiver is not going to be open this time, you know what, Uh, the rush is really getting in, let's get rid of the ball. You know, he never really developed that, and you see it, you see it especially this year because the offensive line has been one of the worst in the game because of injuries and rotations and aging and whose fault is that well whose fault is it's uh carson's fault for not developing himself and changing his evolving his game and it's the coach's fault the coaching staff led by doug peterson's fault for not taking care of that situation and not being hard on carson enough to demand that he develop and it's also the uh, GM, Howie Roseman, and the front office's fault for not being prepared for this kind of situation and going out and drafting uh, a gadget quarterback really high. If you really wanted uh, a solid backup option, why not just get a solid backup instead of getting a gadget QB? But... It remains to be seen what what our backup quarterback can offer. I mean, he was spectacular as a college QB uh, down in Oklahoma and everything. But uh, so far, all things indicate that he's just a a very good gadget-type QB. So what you really needed was a solid backup, and they didn't go out and get a solid backup. And they didn't get solid backup options for the offensive line either and let's be honest Doug Peterson's not the hardest working coach he's not known for that he's he's a players coach chill out kind of guy 
nothing wrong with that but when shit hits the fan you know uh you see all the weaknesses of uh people no matter who you are um and that includes uh the best of the best that includes you that includes me when shit hits the fan our weaknesses is going to get exposed and what you do in a team situation is build your team in such a way that those weaknesses are not going to be deadly you know so what that's what the eagles haven't done and jeff lurie is going to fire somebody uh, pretty pretty much he has no choice but to fire and make some uh, big changes and he leaked that out to the media made it known and he's going to deliver on that um, this is a guy who didn't hesitate to fire Andy Reid, uh, and and that paid off because uh, it kept uh, the Eagles from um, being too stag- stagnant under Andy and uh, eventually uh, getting that Super Bowl. But you know that doesn't change the fact that. Andy Reid is the uh, second best coach in the game right now. But still, this is uh, what the point I'm making is this is a guy, the owner, Lurie's guy who will not hesitate to make a change if it has to be done. So, uh, pretty sure something's going to happen. It's going to be the coach or the GM or both. Um, to do both, um, is probably the likely scenario uh, or demotes Howie down which has been there before is a likely scenario but regardless it doesn't look good for Doug because if your GM is gone you're gone anyway maybe after half a season because the GM is going to say you know what this is not my guy you brought me in uh, I wanted to hire my own coach so it's always a situation when a GM gets changed, the GM's going to have his own guy. or um, Very rarely, uh, the GM's going to keep the same coach in the long term. So it's not looking good for Doug. And also, if Lurie decides, the, the GM front office staff is fine. It's just coaching. Let's change coaches this time around then obviously it's a death sentence um figuratively speaking for the Doug so it's not looking good and COVID and everything didn't help at all which uh brings us to another point um this whole year COVID and all that but uh I'm not gonna talk about COVID today I just don't feel like it um also my next topic um this whole week uh this since it happened it's been kind of saddening me the passing of Diego Maradona the Argentine legend the greatest uh, soccer player of all time arguably one of the three best passing away but the most probably the most colorful and spectacular uh, of the three Um, and those three are Pele, Diego and Leo Messi um quickly reasoning why those three are the best Pele um he he was half a century ahead of everybody in terms of his game uh and he was he had no weakness in his game he was the best athlete out there the most technically gifted and talented most precise every move that you ever think of was invented by him 
in on the pitch and you see uh, just look up on YouTube Pele did it 50 years ago you see what I'm talking about and unlike Diego or Messi or anybody else he was spectacularly athletic in the air he could out jump anyone being only like 5'9 and guy was spectacular and his resume speaks for itself a thousand plus goals um three world cups i think dominating everything for 20 years or so and playing uh until he was old still effectively just a spectacular player and leo messi why is messi on that list well results 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 he's spectacular nobody can touch him uh in the modern game in terms of just skill and production the guy could score like insane number of goals uh, and the world admitted that he was the best player six times um so people can argue you know what that that time he shouldn't have won it or whatever uh, but it's inarguable that he's the most skillful player that the world has ever seen since the time of Diego himself. And the goals, you know, he's, he, unlike Diego, uh, he's definitely more of a goal scorer, uh, more so than a playmaker, even though having the ability to be a devastating playmaker. Dribbling skills and uh, penetrating defense, they're equally great at it. But why was Diego more spectacular? Well, because Diego was just uh, the best uh, leader soccer's probably ever seen. This is a guy, if you put him in the locker room, the whole team turns into fucking lions. And uh, that's evidenced by the fact the results he delivered with mediocre teams, uh, relatively me mediocre teams. In Napoli, twice winning the Serie A title winning the UEFA Cup and more importantly all by himself really kind of winning the World Cup in 86 so all those facts are well known to everybody so there's nothing more I can say but this guy was just a spectacular individual this was the epitome of a leader you know inside inside the locker room on the pitch the the engine of the team the hardest working, most spectacular player who motivated everybody else, put everybody in a good mood and absorbed all the pressure that's put on the team and letting his teammates play. It's the kind of individual that you want. And uh, in team sport, who's been greater at that? Uh, Michael Jordan, maybe. Um, and then now the media and uh, I guess the young generations making movies about uh jordan or not making movies about but commenting on his movies of, of his leadership how jordan was a tyrant and a bad guy without taking into context what the hell was going on in the nba 25 to 30 teams back then uh you're competing hard for the championship it's a fucking deadly competition you have to be vicious to be champions and Jordan tried to emphasize that to his teammates and a couple of stories come out and all of a sudden he's a goddamn tyrant I mean what the fuck's going on with the gen younger generation how people perceive people nowadays I mean without any context are you kidding me um, but going back to Diego in Diego's case uh, 
he had a different style, you know. Like Jordan, he was uh, the unquestionable absolute leader because of his talent and his skill and his hard work and all the work ethics. But also, he was uh, very different in a way that he was a singing and dancing kind of guy in the locker room. Um, drinking champagne kind of guy after uh, big wins and uh, chanting and dancing and uh, making everybody feel good, making everybody feel relaxed. Uh, in Jordan's case, that might have been a little different, but personalities are different. So, you know, that's got nothing to do with the results. Equally effective. But Diego, rest in peace. Uh, this is a guy who put an entire country on the map, you know. The, uh, the light blue and white upside-down striped jersey... It's so iconic. I just remember being a very little kid, toddler, kind of seeing that and hearing the name Maradona. And if if that's something, you know, everybody in the world knows about him. I mean, that that is iconic, man. That is iconic. Um, nowadays, people uh, say the same thing, maybe about Messi saying, you know, that red and blue upside down stripes of Barcelona and the name Messi yeah so every generation has got its greats but Diego was just special because uh, it was uh, he played at higher stakes and delivered winning the World Cup which Messi hasn't done yet but don't forget Messi uh, won the best player award of uh, the 2014 World Cup I believe and uh, coming very close but unfortunately for Messi he hasn't even won his uh, continental championship not even once, so that's kind of a questionable thing on his record. But uh, everything else, put uh, put those aside, he's uh, unquestionably, numbers-wise, the best player since Pelé and Maradona. So blessed to have Messi playing nowadays, and I think uh, Messi's tribute to Diego was pretty amazing. Um, putting putting uh, that shirt on, uh, the Anuel's old boys shirt on, and uh, looked that up. The red and black jersey uh that's a game worn original jersey worn by maradona and now worn by messi as a tribute to maradona and messi coming from the rural uh side of argentina and diego coming from the straight up gutter ghetto of uh, buenos aires uh these two have different personalities kind of coming from different slightly different backgrounds but extremely similar players on the pitch and and that tribute was just amazing that's the jersey that ties them together because uh messi came up through the ranks as a as a little kid before even he was a teenager with newell's old boys and uh newell's old boys was the team that diego played for uh very very late in his career as he was you know coming back from personal problems and whatnot so let me end uh, this talk on that beautiful note and uh, I'm out.